This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're 21 now, right? 22. Oh, you're now 22. Okay. Do you ever stop and think like, okay, in a decade when I'm in my 30s, will I look back at this time and be okay with the content I created in my early twenties? Like, do you ever stop and think about that? No. What I think about is I can't wait to be an 80 year old grandma and shake my butt. (laughs) Are you serious? (laughs) All the time. Like, honestly, like I can tell you, it took me a long time. Well, I mean, I'm young, so I don't think it would necessarily be a long time, but it took me a long time throughout my 22 years to figure out who I was. And once I started finding this more feminine, sexy side of me, like this is genuinely who I am 100% and nothing's going to change that. So I I don't see that changing 10 years from now. I don't see that changing 70 years from now. I feel like I'm always going to be the loud, fun girl that likes to shake my butt and make people love themselves. I love that. I love (laughs) this. You're never hanging it up. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) My problem's at 80 and it's not because I'm old. I'll tell you that one. Hey, what's up? Happy spring, peeps. I know if you're living in a cold climate, you probably feel like you've gotten to the end of a very long marathon. So have you ever wondered how some social media influencers manage to get millions and millions of followers and cultivate so much influence and following around everything that they do? Well, Today, I'm interviewing one of TikTok's most powerful influencers. Her name is Michaela Murphy, aka Michaela Dancer. That's her handle across all socials. She currently has about 15 million followers on TikTok. She has about a million followers on Instagram. I believe she has a six-figure following on YouTube, but she is one of the reigning queens of TikTok with about 15 million followers. She is a dancer dancer as well as a singer and she is actually known for not just dancing but what made her super famous on the platform is twerking and I know it sounds like so funny but she managed to leverage this particular style of dance into a mega empire (laughs) I actually know her pretty well so we kind of go back and I was really able to dig in and ask her a lot of super candid questions about how she managed to get so famous on social media so quickly I mean I think she reached the 15 million on TikTok in like less than two years I mean it's it's crazy. And some of her videos get as many as 5 million likes. I think her most popular video has like 80 million views or so. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable to me. And I discussed this with her because I'm like, do you realize, I want to like shake her. I'm like, do you realize that, you know, some of the most popular television shows don't even get a fraction of that. And you're getting like 
80 million people watching what you do. Like, that is just absolutely insane. And she's actually been able to leverage her social media fame now into a music career. And her music is awesome. Like, I listen to it on my phone all the time just for shits and giggles. Like, <laughs> not because she's my friend, but because the music is really, really good. Her first single, What Goes Around Comes Around, is a really cool R&B song. And it came out in February. And considering that she is an indie artist, I think by choice, she released everything through her own production company. But her music video has over 100,000 views on YouTube, which is unheard of for a first-time independent artist. She's getting hundreds of thousands of streams across all streaming services for her music. Her new single, Concentration, which is so dope, I've listened to it several times, is coming out April 13th. So I'm super excited for her about that. But we break down everything. We break down social media fame, how she got it, how she handles it, the good, the bad, the ugly, the pretty, the, you know, the everything, and why she's kind of created this one-woman self-confidence revolution that has really actually been a positive influence on a lot of young people. Because when you see her, you'll see what I mean. She's really natural. So unlike a lot of her peers who are like super influential on social media, She's never had plastic surgery. She really hardly ever wears makeup in any of her videos. She's just like, she's funny. She's sexy. She's ironic. Like her videos are just super addictive. What else can I say? So anyway, sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview with my girl, Michaela Murphy, aka Michaela Dancer. All right, here we go. For people who don't know, okay, so you're Michaela Murphy, Yes. But your social media handles are Michaela Dancer. So TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, like all across the board, Michaela Dancer. And what's so incredible is you, I think you're one of the biggest TikTokers. I mean, there are like a few that are a little above you, but you're like probably in the top hundred. I mean, you're like one of the top TikTokers in the world. How did you get to that point? So I have grown up dancing my whole entire life. I started dancing when I was three. So I've always wanted to be an entertainer. Um, when I was around the age of 12, I got on Instagram and I want to say, well, actually Facebook was the first one. Then it was Instagram and then Snapchat. And I always posted stuff. I always had dreams of like being a big influencer. At the time, I didn't know the term was influencer. I thought everything was called being a YouTuber. So I was always like, okay. I was a YouTuber. <laughs> I was always filming stuff, but you know, as a little kid, the quality wasn't good. Like I was just filming literally everything. My friends actually used to describe my Snapchat stories as the little girl from Finding Nemo tapping on the glass because my stories were so long. They were like, oh my gosh, does this ever end? So it's That's always be an influencer. But like I said, I grew up dancing, danced my whole life. I was majoring as a dancer in college. And then I don't know, I just kind of wasn't really loving college. My college mm -hmm. was in my house, so I never got to move out. And it was just kind of like the same thing I did my whole entire life. Like I was in the same neighborhood that I grew up in. I was doing the same stuff. And then after my first year of college, all the dance classes, I was taking the exact same classes. And I was like, I can't do this for another two years. I'm bored. And it felt like a nine to five, which isn't necessarily like a bad thing. Like a lot of people love their nine to fives. But for me, right. I'm adventurous and I want to get out and see the world. And I just don't want to be stuck on someone else's schedule. Like I've always kind of been my own boss. So 
kind of being forced to be at school just wasn't my thing. So I started posting on social media a lot and then COVID hit and it took five weeks for a dance to figure out how to learn online because you can't really dance online. So while everyone else was like, just, you know, taking a test online, I was like, okay, I have a couple extra weeks off on my post. And I remember I grew like 2 million within the four weeks I was off and I was like, okay, I think I can do this. So I took the risk. I didn't really, I had just gotten my first brand deal, but that's not enough to like, you know, pay what I need. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the risk. School is always there, but these opportunities aren't. So I decided to drop out and then it brought me here and it was the greatest choice I've ever made in my life. Like I'm actually getting goosebumps. All right. So let me back up a little bit. First of all, this is so funny to me. Like I'm 47. When I was a kid, there was no such thing as when I grow up, I want to be an influencer. Like that didn't exist. You know what I mean? Like the name of that career didn't even exist. So it just blows my mind. But so you started on social media when you were 12. What did your parents think about that? Were they supportive of it? Like they were supportive of it. Okay. my mom made my Facebook page for me. I was sitting at the dance studio and I was like, mom, take my profile picture. And I remember I like put my leg up in the air because I was this little rambunctious 12 year old at dance class. And she's like, okay. And it's the ugliest picture of me. Like my face. I'm- <laughs> <laughs> but they were supportive of everything. So. Okay. So let's talk TikTok. So you grew by 2 million followers in four weeks. How the hell did you do that? Was it like one viral video or what happened? So it took me a whole year to hit my first million. I hit my first million actually that February, right before COVID hit. Okay. Okay, this is cool. Like I said, it took me a whole year though, which thinking about it, that's really not a long period of time. No, not at all. All that is a very long time. (laughs) Right. But after that, I was like, okay, I hit a million. That's cool. I got to keep posting. And then COVID hit. I had like the four or five extra weeks to just focus on myself And I was just posting, like I said, every single day. And I had nothing to do. It was COVID. I was stuck in the house. So I was posting sometimes six, seven times a day. And (laughs) the time you post is the chance to go viral. So I just had a lot of videos start picking up. And then I just grew really fast from there. Okay. So you are famous for twerking. And it's so (laughs) weird. Like, I hate to use that word because I know you and I know like how big your career is. And I feel like when people hear the word twerking, like they don't realize how successful you are or even like what a classically trained dancer you are. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, how, how do you reconcile those two I- exactly? Honestly, when I first started, I was a little frustrated because I loved twerking ever since. Actually, funny story. I used to be the shyest girl in the world. I refused to change in front of anyone at dance competitions. I was always the girl that like my mom had to hold up a blanket because I was just so shy my first like competition group dance that I was really in, we did Vogue by Madonna. And I was like girl in the back row the whole time because I was trash. But the only part of the dance I was actually in the front for, we had to jump and go like this. And I was <laughs> I can't do this. But then as I just kind of like grew up and started becoming a woman, I just started finding more of like my sex appeal. So I remember like being 16, I would start like twerking in the dance room and my teachers would be like, Michaela, knock it off, you know? And then yeah. from there, of like really grew into it when I was 18 I took my first heels class in Detroit and I was like whoa like I love this feminine side of me and then from there it was kind of like the rest is history I just loved the feeling of being sexy and confident and just really feminine but then I started you know twerking on TikTok and it wasn't even like legit I couldn't twerk to save my life I was just really inspired by Meg Thee Stallion because I thought she was such a hot girl and I thought she was like a really positive role model for girls to love their genuine selves like I said I couldn't twerk I posted one video 
twerking with my friend and it was just like a joke type dance it wasn't like legit and that video blew up so then we kept doing stupid videos like that and then those kind of consistently started blowing up and then I really wanted to learn how to actually kind of perfect twerking so I started that more seriously and then the next thing I know it was like I was just a twerker and then my normal dance videos stopped doing well because I actually blew up on TikTok for dancing in public but then those videos kind of down and I kind of saw like where it was kind of picking up so of course like from the smart side of it this is my job so I got to do what's kind of like doing well so I kept doing those and then I think my niche kind of turned into twerking and I'm not gonna lie for a couple months I was like I'm sad like no one knows I've been dancing since I was three I've put so much work into this I'm an actual technical trained dancer and then of course the haters come and like this is all you do but then I started realizing I'm like twerk is an actual form of dancing so regardless I'm still blowing up for dancing and it is a style I realized I had to sit down and actually perfect it. Like I wasn't good at twerking. It took me two years to be good at twerking. Like, so how did you, so tell me how you perfect twerking. Were you watching videos and then like imitating the videos in the mirror? Like, what? how were you? Cause you have to move your, like your, your rib cage and your back and your butt. And you're like, how do you learn to do that? So I just like used to watch myself in the mirror and I'd be like, this is not attractive or I'd be like, okay, this kind of looks good. And then I just kept like practicing it. I used to watch videos of Meg all the time and I could not get my body to do what she was doing. But then, you know, slowly but surely doing it every single day, you're going to start getting better. And then when I moved to LA, I met a bunch of twerkers too. Like I met Courtney and Cassidy and then a bunch of other people too. And we all just kind of watched each other. And of course, when you're around people, you kind of grow too. So then we all just grew each other. So now all of us are like this little twerk force. (laughs) So there's like, I I didn't know that there was a twerk community. Like you learn something new. too many of us though I actually met this girl she's from Finland and she came out here just to like collab with everyone but she's actually moving out here so we have Tinsay there's Nastaya she's I believe she's based in Russia so the twerkers are not really like it's kind of spread out but we all know each other and then I creating just, world peace through like through you've got the Russian twerker and the American twerker <laughs> 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 cool because there really aren't many of us but I see it's like starting yeah. to grow And you guys would like post on each other's or you would tag each other in your TikTok videos, which is really cool. It's really cool because we all have the same mindset. Like none of us knew each other existed until like (laughs) last year or two. And meeting everyone, we all have the same mindset. Like we don't really sexualize twerking. Like I twerk with Gatorade on my head. I flip a cup on my butt. Like that's not sexy, but all of us have this same mindset. Like we do twerking because it's really good fitness. Like that's what kept me in shape for all of COVID. Cause I was just literally twerking every day, 24 seven. So it's really good. helps with your confidence. We all take twerk classes and we all teach twerk classes and the environment that you're surrounded with in those classes is so uplifting because it's all women. And sometimes even men, they come to, and we're all just like hyping each other up. We're like, yeah, you go. So it's really cool. Men too. Yes. Okay. That's pretty cool. And when you said that you were dancing in public, so like now it's mostly in your home, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So what made you go from public to home? Well, COVID. (laughs) Okay. Okay. In problem, I couldn't dance in public anymore. I still do it sometimes, but you know, (laughs) things are like actually starting to open up now, but I just feel like it's a lot stricter now in a lot of public spaces. Okay. I gotcha. Oh, yeah. in terms of like, like the decency thing, if you did it on the beach or something? When I dance in public, I'm like, that's like my beautiful dancing that I do. So okay. it's not necessarily that. 
do. It's just people I feel like are more because of COVID, like less people are allowed in places. And it's finally like just now starting to open up. So I have actually been doing a couple more of my dancing in public videos. But I feel like now I kind of have like my whole niche figured out. So I don't really take the time to necessarily do that anymore. Cause mm -hmm. I'm like doing music now and I'm doing TikTok and YouTube and Instagram. So I don't really have the time to anymore. Okay. I get that. There's so many different like cross sections of issues. Let's talk about feminism because so many people have different takes on what feminism means. And I'm kind of like working through some of this myself, even at my age, where it's like you have one camp that thinks that feminism means covering up your body, being super conservative. You know, you should only use, I hate this term, take you seriously you know, that whole thing. And then you have other people, especially a lot of young women who think that feminism is about self-expression as a woman and no matter what form that takes and the freedom to be able to do so without being judged by other women. What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are feminism is women supporting women and not judging them for the way that they interpret feminism. There's women that love to be covered up and that's when they mm -hmm. feel the most there's women that love to be kind of like me. I think I'm in the middle. Like I love to show my body, but I'm also really shy. Like I would never be naked. <laughs> okay. So I'm in the middle and that's my personal preference, but I cheer on women that love to be covered and I cheer on women that want to be sex workers and they love to be naked. And then there's okay. also love to be really naked because they feel like that is the way that they're the most confident. So I feel like just as women, we need to support each other's choices and not because there's always going to be an opposite side of the spectrum. So do you feel like, cause you're 21 now, right? 22. You're, oh, you're now 22. Okay. Do you ever stop and think like, okay, in a decade when I'm in my thirties, will I look back at this time and be okay with the content I created in my early twenties? Like, do you ever stop and think about that? No. What I think about is I can't wait to be an 80 year old grandma and shake my butt. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> All the time. Like, Honestly, like I can tell you, it took me a long time. Well, I mean, I'm young, so I don't think it would necessarily be a long time, but it took me a long time throughout my 22 years to figure out who I was. And once I started finding this more feminine, sexy side of me, like this is genuinely who I am 100% and nothing's going to change that. So I, I don't see that changing 10 years from now. I don't see that changing 70 years from now. I feel like I'm always going to be the loud, fun girl that likes to shake my butt and make people love themselves. I love that. I love this. You're never hanging it up. <laughs> I love that. That problem's at 80 and it's not because I'm old. I'll tell you that one. <laughs> okay. So there's another topic that you and I, I think we've discussed it a couple of times, which is twerking and race. Okay. So yeah. the reason I bring this up is because you talk about Meg the Stallion and we've talked about other artists like Cardi B and well, so this is weird. Like Iggy Azalea, who I, I know that you collaborated with at one point, she kind of managed to get grandfathered into that whole, that whole thing. But generally speaking, it's really weird because twerking or that type of expressive dance, that type of body movement, it tends to be associated with the word urban, which tends to be associated with women of color so you being a white woman do you feel like you get any kind of pushback or like what has been the response have you gotten any type of racial pushback on any of that stuff I originally 
started, I got a lot of hate. They used to actually call me an unseasoned chicken trying to twerk. <laughs> but then, <laughs> as, like, I know. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's kind of mean. Like, I'm trying my best. <laughs> oh, okay. But then, like, as I got better, I don't really get hate from, like, a racial standpoint anymore. Because I'm also, like, really good at, like explaining like where everything started like I know I didn't create it I know my ancestors didn't create it it originated in Africa and it is an African style of dance so I think I'm really good at just kind of like explaining like the cultural backgrounds like learning whining and stuff like that like I think I'm trying to like spread myself to learn all these beautiful styles that originate in different areas like a lot of it comes from the islands too and I think the reason I really appreciate it the most is because America sexualizes everything but on the islands and in Africa and stuff, it's actually defined as divine femininity. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. So over there raising women and they love like the beauty that comes from it. We're over here like that's bad. So I'm trying to figure out why Americans sexualize everything. And I'm starting to think that that might be a cultural issue as well. Like they tend to hate on other cultures where I appreciate and love it all. So that's interesting. Okay. And I also dance in Detroit all the time. And Detroit is, the majority is black dancers. So I learned a lot. So that is where I'm from. Even though I'm white, I was raised on these differences. Right. And I think people tend to forget that too. Like, just because I'm white doesn't mean that I wasn't surrounded with people of color my whole entire life. And I'm so mm -hmm. blessed because I feel like I've learned so much through all different cultures. Like, I'm also near Dearborn too, which has a huge Arab population. So I learned a lot through them too. Michigan is really like... There's so many people in Michigan. It's really cool to see. This is funny because I asked you a long time ago. I was like, oh, are you into Madonna? And you were like, no, not really, which is, which I totally get because it's such <laughs> a different generation. But you should really look into her life story because she grew up in a suburb of Detroit, a white girl, you know, but she grew up around Detroit and she took dance lessons in Detroit and she was around a lot of that like urban dance scene and that really shaped her way of dancing her choices in music and kind of like the way that her career took shape that's cool. so I see so many parallels it's like it's so crazy <laughs> they're like they have so much talent in Detroit music dance it's incredible like I danced my whole life in the last two to three years that I took off to really train with the Detroit industry that's when I learned the most like they are so yeah. underrated shout out to Detroit. <laughs> I also think of Eminem because he, he grew up around like rap music, hip hop, right? Mm -hmm. He grew up in Detroit. So yeah, I, I totally get where you're coming from with that. Yeah, absolutely. Was music something that you were always into and always wanted to do or did it just kind of evolve in the last couple of years? So music was my secret. I always wanted to sing, but growing up, I was always told that I was a terrible singer. <laughs> okay. They're like, I would just run around the house singing the Pledge of Allegiance. So my family would joke around with me and be like, good thing you're not a singer, but that kind of sticks. So like, even though I was playing around, I was like, I think I actually am not a good singer. But then I backup danced for this girl. Her name was Ina. She was based in Detroit. And she had a song with this guy. His name was Sam Watson. And he was also a producer. So while back her, I met Sam and he's like why aren't you singing and I'm like I'm a dancer I'll never be a singer and he's like no everyone can sing get in the studio and I I laughed at him like I remember just laughing and he's like what's funny and I'm like I will never be a singer like I sound like a dying goat and I said that right <laughs> I understand where he's coming from because I always tell people anyone can dance like if you practice dancing then mm -hmm. you'll become a dancer but for singing I didn't realize that like your voice is also kind of like a muscle you can actually fix your voice I thought you were just stuck with the voice you had <laughs> 
the following year, I just, you know, for the hell of it, decided to go to the studio. I made a song with him and I released it and it wasn't bad. It was just kind of like corny kids bop because I never swore until I was actually 19 years old. <laughs> Most innocent girl. Like I did not say the F word until I was 19. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like really just like cheesy, you know, but it was good. Like my voice was kind of there and I was like, okay. And I made another song with him, but then I just left it. I didn't touch music for probably another year and a half. This past summer, like around July, August-ish, I went back home for four weeks and I planned on two weeks being just to make music. So I made a whole, made like eight songs so that I could bring it back to LA and kind of like meet some producers and show that I make music because I really wanted to get into it. I just didn't have anyone in LA to create with. And I also didn't want to go broke trying to get into studios. <laughs> right. I get so it. I actually started working with my managers this past September, October-ish range, and they're really involved in the music scene. And they're like, oh my gosh, like this, this work is really good. And then they started putting me in rooms with a bunch of producers. And then from there, I just started making music. And then I actually am like able to release like my good quality music now, because I'm making good quality music. So it was really yeah. cool involved in it. Like I've always wanted to do it, but I started taking it serious the last three years. So the first single that goes around comes around. How long did it take to get that single done, master it, like get it exactly as you want? Are you a perfectionist? I am a perfectionist, but okay. I, with music, I'm a little bit less of a perfectionist because I don't fully understand mastering and mixing. I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds good. And I can't really hear the difference when they're telling me it's mixed and mastered. So I let my managers and stuff take care of that because I am still learning. Like there's a lot that's in this music stuff that like it's going to take time, just like my dance career. But what goes around comes around is actually really, really quick. I walked into the studio session and I had never met the producer before and I never met the co-writer before. Every lyric in the song is true. I had just got off the phone with the girl that loved him too. And I walked into the studio. Like I literally was like, okay, girl, I got to go. Bye. And I walked into oh. the and, you know, it was kind of like awkward at first because we're all kind of like getting to know each other. And within the first maybe five, ten minutes, I was like, all right, we need to write. No. <laughs> Life. And I was like, girl, <laughs> do I got news for you? And I told her everything. She's like, this is going to be such a fire song. So we literally wrote the song maybe in two hours. Like it only took two hours. Made it, He already had the beat ready. We sang it. It was great. And then the next day he already had a mix over to me. And then it was like pretty much done. So oh, then... Wow later I called my manager and I was like we have to do a music video because like I feel like I have a lot of other songs I'm really excited to release because they're like better music but this song was my healing song and I was like I need to make this come to life well I've I heard the other music and the other music is really really good too yeah. but no I I totally get it this was the therapy song this was like the Taylor Swift moment I exactly. guess like the same way I look at dance it's healing for me like being able to write my feelings and express myself and maybe help other women like I'm not looking at this music as like oh I'm an influencer that wants to get another bag like I don't care if I never make money off my music I will gladly release my music and never go on a tour like I just want to get my voice out there like I don't really care to profit if that makes sense mm -hmm. no um, it, it makes total sense I know exactly what you mean I when I wrote a book several years ago I just wanted to get it out there I just wanted it to help people exactly I wasn't thinking about anything else yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Like, I just love making music and it's a new thing. It's so fun to be involved with. So I, I called my manager. Literally the next day, I was on the phone with the production crew. And then three weeks after, we were video. My friend from Michigan, Hannah, she flew out and we choreographed together. Because I love to incorporate my circle 
in business before I go to outside people. So I was like, yeah, like I could choreograph this myself. I could hire a choreographer, but I was like, this is something that I want to include my other friends in. So she came out, we choreographed it. We shot the video and it turned out amazing. Like it was a really amazing, unreal first release. So. Firstly, I want to thank Athletic Greens for sponsoring this podcast. Athletic Greens has a product called AG1 that I have been using literally every morning. When I start my morning with AG1 drink first thing before my coffee or my morning smoothie, it's a whole different ballgame. So I wake up in the morning. As soon as I get down to the kitchen, I put in a scoop of AG1 into my water. I stir it up. I drink it down. It's a few seconds out of my morning and I just feel so much more energetic than I did before. I get 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens all in one drink. I feel like I'm starting my day on the right foot, and it's a good feeling to know that you're starting your day by being kind to yourself. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes, and I respect their company values. Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company. They also stay on the cutting edge of nutritional research, which is super important to me. AG1 is the single greatest thing you can do for your body in under 60 seconds. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash Allison Interviews. Again, it's athleticgreens.com forward slash Allison Interviews to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Firstly, I want to thank Athletic Greens for sponsoring this podcast. Athletic Greens has a product called AG1 that I have been using literally every morning. When I start my morning with AG1 drink first thing before my coffee or my morning smoothie, it's a whole different ballgame. So I wake up in the morning. As soon as I get down to the kitchen, I put in a scoop of AG1 into my water. I stir it up. I drink it down. It's a few seconds out of my morning, and I just feel so much more energetic than I did before. I get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens all in one drink. I feel like I'm starting my day on the right foot, and it's a good feeling to know that you're starting your day by being kind to yourself. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes, and I respect their company values. Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company. They also stay on the cutting edge of nutritional research, which is super important to me. AG1 is the single greatest thing you can do for your body in under 60 seconds. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash Allison Interviews. Again, it's athleticgreens.com forward slash Allison Interviews to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Are your friends back home like kind of blown away at the popularity that you've grown over the last couple of years? They're not. I'm just a normal person to them. They actually tell me that all the time. They're like, it's so weird that you're big. And I think like everyone and my mom will be the first to say this. Like they knew this is what was going to happen because I used to run around all the time and be like, I'm going to be famous. Like it was always. (laughs) 
there from the start so they watched it happen so it's just kind of like yeah she's big you know, what blo- you know what blows me away though is that I mean, back in the day, like when there were only a few TV networks, right? If you had a popular TV show on the air, you would get like between 15 and 30 million people tuning in per episode. Okay. But now that you have all of these streaming networks and there's so much competition, I think I heard there was a show that just ran their pilot episode. It was, it's a TV series about the history of the LA Lakers. Mm -hmm. And I forget which streaming service it was on, but they said, oh yeah, the the pilot episode got just shy of a million people tuning in. So, I mean, like TV shows struggle to just get like a million, two million. And you have like, between all your socials, you have like about 16 million people watching everything you do. So you're like, it's like you're a television network. If, I mean, if you think about it, you know, even like when you put out a TikTok video, you will get like sometimes over a million people liking the video. I mean, from what, I, from what I've seen, I mean, like, does, does that blow you away that so many people are following what you're doing? It's insane. Honestly, like, I feel like I'm at that point where you can't even totally grasp how many people that is. Like, if there were 16 million people in front of me, like, like, I don't even know what that would be like. No, like, 16 un- million people standing in front of you. <laughs> like, it's crazy. That's but for me like I feel like I don't even think about it anymore like it's just really normal like I get up I make my videos I know that millions of people are gonna see it but I don't even think of it like that anymore like I make the content by myself here I post it and it's just kind of like whatever you know (laughs) but you never feel like your fingers never shaking when like you tap to like upload something thinking about how many people are gonna (laughs) (laughs) I honestly and I hope this doesn't come across the wrong way but I do not care what anyone thinks about what I do at all (laughs) (laughs) but no but that shows like I feel like that's part of your brand that like give no fucks this is me you know what I mean like if I post content (laughs) I like it and if you don't like it then I don't care and if you love it I appreciate your support like genuinely like I really appreciate the support so that's just kind of how I look at it but this is what's so strange to me about people who are really popular on social media or just really popular (laughs) in general which then will translate to social media is that I'll look through the comments, right? Like leading up to this interview, I'm looking through the comments and you've got all these people that are like, this is amazing, keep doing what you do, we love you, da, da, da. But then you have these people that are like, I don't like this, da, da, da. And it's like, but you're following her and you're taking time out of your day to write to her. Like, do you not see how weird that is? Like, <laughs> almost every comment I get, just sometimes like for the hell of it, I'll click on their profile and it says, follow back. And I'm like, oh, you're following me, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah you, why are you following me like right. why are you following me and why are you following me and commenting and watching video after video <laughs> I've just kind of learned the most hate I get is from people that either one want attention because sometimes if they post like a funny hate comment they'll get a lot of likes and that's like the only clout they'll ever really get so it kind of makes them feel good you know what I mean yeah and people that are just like really miserable in their own lives and I pray for them and I genuinely feel really sorry for them there was a time I actually this happened on two occasions I had a young boy who was in I think high school and then an older woman she's like in her 30s 40s maybe and they was every day and it was like the most disgusting hate a person can get really what they hoped would happen to me type things if you understand what I'm saying like it's disgusting right right I responded back to both of them they were a a couple months apart and it was just along the lines of I'm really sorry you feel this way. I'm praying for you. Whatever's going on in your own personal life, I hope it's better because I know you must be in a dark place to be sending this to me. And they both responded in the same way. It was like, oh, F you, we hate you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, well, 
I said my piece. And then a couple yeah. here with both of them, it was the same exact pattern. They both responded along the lines of, you know what? You were so right. I'm very sorry. I'm in a very bad place in my life. And we didn't think that you would end up seeing this because, you know, like I'm a big person and I think people don't think that I see their stuff, but I probably right. see almost the thing I get, you know? Right. Um, and they apologize. And now to this day, they're two of my biggest supporters. And I actually followed them both. And we're kind of like, you know, I, I forgive wow. them. So it's kind of cool. See, I'm afraid of people like that. Like I did. Okay. I did a podcast episode <laughs> with a mother who lost her child to suicide oh and, and a psychic medium who channels her son, uh, who's now in spirit. That's so spooky. <laughs> Not to me. To me, it's like, I don't know why. To me, it's just like part of everyday life, like talking to you. I don't know why, but no, it's like, okay. So whether you are like a hardcore believer or a hardcore skeptic, you would think that the fact that a woman has gone through that, you would at least have compassion in your heart. So I get this DM from this woman who starts like, um, going off on me for doing this episode and telling me that she was laughing the whole time because it was so fake and so ridiculous. And I'm thinking, you must be so disturbed. You're laughing the whole time while watching an episode about a mother who lost her child. Like, I, I just, I can't, like, I just blocked her because I can't respond to people like that. That's crazy to me. I don't respond to people anymore. I kind of did that as like, a learning thing just to see how they would respond but like I don't respond to them anymore because I'm like I know they all have the same response like it's kind of yeah. it's, it's overwhelming for me to like even take the time to read that stuff as soon as I see one word that's like hateful I'm like okay next, next. yeah you ju- I create this like barrier around yeah. myself which I'm I would imagine that you kind of have to do yeah. I was lucky too growing up like I said I have the greatest support system back home and like first of all mm-hmm. I was my whole life was judged And I used to have to like hear critique right to my face that kind of like built me to be stronger. But then my family, they've, my mom will tell you, she built me for Hollywood. (laughs) Like they always prepared me for this. And Mm -hmm. I just like, I feel like a lot of people say that hate doesn't bother them, but it does. But like, I can genuinely sit here and tell you, like, I don't care. (laughs) Well, because you've developed such a thick skin at this point, you know, you just, you just get to a point where you kind of see it from 30,000 feet and it just doesn't affect you. Like, you know, anything like my friend Brooklyn, she's the completely opposite of me on social media. She does like princess POVs and she's this beautiful, very covered up girl. And she gets so much hate. Jojo Siwa is this child influencer and she gets so much hate for being childish. I get hate because I show my body and I'm like, can you guys pick one? problem like you hate women (laughs) right you can't as a woman I realized you can't win I've been lately I've been kind of blogging on my Instagram about like it's just been this sort of data dump like coming out of me about how crazy it is to be a woman because I'm like you know you have to be sexy but if you're too sexy then you're slutty you have to be smart but not smarter than the man you have to be successful but if you're too successful then you're intimidating and it's like Yes. You're just like, what the fuck? Like, is this a joke? <laughs> and it makes it impossible to date. Like, I didn't even think that having success, like I thought having success would attract men, but now I'm just like a repellent. They're like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so crazy. And it shouldn't be like that at all. No. Yeah, it- I think that those men out there that are seeking like true partnership, and are secure in, I guess, in their masculinity, or I guess they're a rare breed. I don't know. 
it is a rare breed. It is hard to find that. Yeah. And I want to ask you too, because I noticed that you're not big on makeup. Tell me about that. Like you're, you like to just kind of be au natural. You're not really big on getting all dolled up. You just, you're just kind of keep it natural. Yeah. So growing up, I've hated makeup. I had to, Mm -hmm. I was forced to wear makeup actually to go on the dance stage. Cause like you do need stage makeup. Otherwise they can't see your face. And that's, I realized, like I was like nine years old and I'm like, I hate glam. (laughs) (laughs) I would just yell at my mom. I would fight with her. I'm like, mom, that hurts. Like, I don't want this on my face, you know? And then I'm also kind of lazy and I like to sleep. So all through high school, I would never put makeup on because I would have to leave at 730. I'd stay in bed till 725, get up, brush my teeth, my hair, throw on sweats and leave. So that was a mm-hmm. lost cause. And then since being in LA, I'm just like, there's really no reason. Like if I don't like to wear makeup, I'm not going to wear makeup. You know, there's women that love makeup and I, I love watching them their makeup. Yeah. <laughs> like your makeup is beautiful. Oh, I would- <laughs> I was down to like that but then there's some women that don't like makeup and they feel pressured to wear it and I was yeah. not about the one that felt pressured to wear it like I'll wear it you know for like my shoots and if it's necessary like I said so that you can actually see my face mm-hmm. I I couldn't be bothered to wear it and then I feel like in LA there's kind of like a big problem with surgeries like if you want to get a surgery do it I'm in full support of women doing whatever the hell they want to do but one I feel like 18 year olds should not even be thinking about it because you don't even grow into your full woman body until you're like what like 24 ish like I'm not even yes. in my body yet like I'm just not developing into it and it's kind of scary seeing all these young girls like the day they turn 18 they're like I'm going to get a BBL and I'm getting a boob job and I'm doing this to my nose and I'm like you like your body's still changing that's not a good idea like a lot of women out here are really pressured into doing it like I grew up in Michigan and everyone's very like natural from there and then I came here and it's like no one's natural And like I said, if you want to do it, do it. But I feel like there's a problem if people feel pressured into it. So I just love my natural self. I have flaws. I don't care. We all do. So I just feel like as an influencer, my job is to influence. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm doing by being natural. Like I'm showing young girls that you don't have to change who you are. And like you will still find love. You will still be loved and you can still love yourself. That is so awesome. Honestly, for you to live out there and that's your your authentic frame of mind is unbelievable to me because I've lived there. I've lived there in the past. I know what it's like. I mean, I've never gotten plastic surgery in my life. Not that like, you know, anybody who wants to get plastic surgery or whatever, but the thing that scares me about plastic surgery is that is not the surgery itself, but every time you have surgery, you are taking a risk, you know, like with your health and your safety, but it's the why it's the reason why somebody wants to get plastic surgery. Cause like, like you said, when you're 18 years old, your body's not finished developing, your face isn't finished developing, and your prefrontal cortex, which is the part of your brain that associates actions with consequences, is not finished developing. So I don't under- even understand how parents can allow their teenagers to get plastic surgery under those circumstances. It is once you reach 18, it doesn't matter what anyone says to you anymore. Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So... And the other thing that I'm realizing too, is like, once you get one thing done, like you're never going to be satisfied. Like you're always going to want to get your nose done. Now you want veneers. Now you want your boobs bigger. Now you want a BBL. Mm -hmm. Comic lesser. And it's just like, it's so unrealistic. And like I said, if you want to do it because you genuinely want to do it, like you're like, oh, if I have a fatter ass, I'm going to feel way better about myself. Like go do it. (laughs) But just have like a genuine why. Like don't sit here and be like, I want to do it because that girl's hotter than me. Or I want to do it because my boyfriend told me to, or I hate myself. Like 
genuinely have a good valid why before you change yourself forever. I think that's amazing because I just read this article that what's happening is social media, particularly Instagram, I guess is the worst offender, is changing the way young women, what young women view as normal. So like it's normalizing bodies that look very Jessica Rabbitish with like exaggerated boobs, exaggerated butt, like abnormally tiny waist, abnormally big lips and like filler in the cheekbones and all, and it's like changing our perception of like what we see as human when that's actually not what a human being looks like unless there's surgery involved. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that like what's so interesting to me is that although your dance style does have a very sensual and like sexual energy to it, I think that you actually set an incredible example because you are 100% natural from head to toe. And I love that your message is love yourself just as you are. Thank you. <laughs> like there's no better message than that. You know what I mean? Like that's, if, if that's the takeaway, I think that's a tremendous takeaway. Thank you. So. I've worked really hard to like make sure that I do it in the right way to express the right message. And that's just how I genuinely feel. So it really means a lot that like that message is getting across. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. And that's why I think people should rethink what they think is a good example or what they think is a good role model, um, especially in the way that we that we judge women in society, you know, in terms of like how men can kind of just be men. Like a dude is just a dude. You know what I mean? Like they don't have to decide what they are, you yeah. know? And I feel like we shouldn't have to decide what we are either. We should just be holistic. Absolutely. I think I I come across with my social media just to throw this in there too, because it kind of touches is I get a lot of comments that are like, you're not a good role model. Kids should not be watching this. Like there's kids, blah, blah, blah. But like what people don't realize is I am not an influencer for children. I Mm -hmm. love, but I'm not an influencer for them. I am an influencer for women, grown women. (laughs) That's what people need to remember. Like there's influencers for kids like Jojo Siwa, for example, Mm -hmm. she would influence a grown woman. She works for a specific age group and I represent my age group. And that's right. And that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. I never, I've never actually even like thought about it like that. Yeah. So tell me what is next for you? So I know you have a bunch more music that has to come out. So how, like, when is that coming out? Are you going to make more music videos? Like what's going to happen in the next year? Honestly, I can't talk too, too much about it. And I also don't want to give wrong information because I feel like this stuff is changing every single day. Like I have a specific thing and then I'm like, oh, let's do this. Okay. (laughs) I guarantee I have a lot more music on the way. We're kind of on this little schedule of releasing another single every month to every other month type thing right now. Mm -hmm. I have in distribution and it's on the way out. And it's actually my favorite song I've ever made. And I'm really excited and I have a feature on it and it's a feature who lives back home. So it's really okay. like me because I made this song with my original team back in Michigan. And like I said, to this day, like I've made so much music, so, so much music, but this is my favorite song and my managers are letting me release it. So okay. if you couldn't tell, I'm really excited. <laughs> and like I said, I've um, heard a lot of your music, so it's really, really good. <laughs> really, really good. This one. I don't know. I'm going to have to send it to oh, you. Oh, maybe I haven't heard, maybe I haven't heard this one. I'm, I'm not sure. We kind of kept this song like really low key. Like for some reason it was just kind of thrown on the back burner. But like I said, this has been my favorite song, but everyone was kind of like, you need to make a bunch of music with different people. And I was like, yeah, I agree. But we came back to him. We're like, whoa, like we need to release this. <laughs> so I'll send that to you because I really, really love this song and I can't wait for okay. it. And I feel like 
this is kind of the vibe as an R&B artist that I'm going to. The sound around it is just beautiful. And like the lyrics are just nice and they'll hear it in a couple of weeks. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. But like I said, I have a new song coming out hopefully every other month at the latest. Music okay. video, for me, I don't want to force anything. I'm going to make okay. me those to songs I feel need a visual. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't want to make a music video. Like I kind of want to bring my dance into it and I want to teach dance classes to my songs. And I feel like that'll be a really good way for me to like also market my music because I blew up as a dancer. So of course mm-hmm. I should do my songs. So yeah, it's yeah, that's gonna- what I was thinking. I'm like, I would love to see you dancing like the way I've seen you dance. Like, I mean, your body is just like the way you kick and do like, I mean, you're, you're just, you can do so many amazing things. So I would love to see like just beautiful choreography to one of your songs. That would be so awesome. That would be dope. I definitely am going to be doing that. I have a lot of things up my sleeve right now. So, and I have cool. some merch coming out and it's going to kind of go hand in hand with my specific songs. So mm-hmm. that's out for so that's yeah really cool. so what do you think you came into this life as Michaela Murphy to learn and what do you think you came here to teach people I came into this life to learn how to love myself and I'm here to teach people how to love themselves that is so perfect oh my god and that's <laughs> so perfect and you answered with like such conviction I swear to you there are 50 year olds that are like um uh, uh. <laughs> whole purpose like I like a couple years ago I was really insecure and I kind of like if you're kind of weak-minded men can really mess you up and I know that I am young but some of the experiences I've had with men like I could make a whole movie and it would be a horror film (laughs) they'd be like whoa like I've gone through some really things and it made me hate myself like genuinely (laughs) and I just did I was and I felt like I was always behind like a mask like I was never genuinely me and I felt kind of like I didn't love myself. And then I went confidence journey and I kind of used social media as my excuse to love myself. Like I would post these videos that was like, Oh, love yourself. Love your acne, love your big nose. And I didn't mean it. I'm putting this out there. It's holding me accountable. And then slowly, but surely I started gaining a following and these young girls would message me, even young boys. And they're like, wow, like you're inspiring. I love this. Like I love myself. Like I have acne too. You know, I have Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa, like I'm really helping people. And then that just made me realize like, wow, like I really love myself and like the power I have to make other people realize they love themselves too. So I started journaling a lot and just taking care of my mental health. I got therapy. Like, I don't know why therapy is frowned upon. I think everyone should get therapy. Everyone has some kind of baggage. In, In your generation, really? I feel like you guys are like the hashtag mental health awareness generation kind of, or maybe not. I don't know. We definitely are, but it's still a struggle. Like people don't want to talk about it. Like no one really wants to sit here and be like, yeah, I have a therapist and especially men. It's still severely frowned upon for men. Like if a man goes to a therapist, they're weak. And I hate that. Like, I think men need therapy sometimes more than even we do because they're so holding all their feelings inside and they have a lot of trauma as well. But I just, you know, I took all the steps it took to really, like, get myself to, like, my highest self. Like, I love who I am now genuinely. Like, there's not one thing that I don't like about myself. And if there is, I learn how to, like, change it or fix it or learn how to love it. You know what I'm saying? I My hat's off to you because I didn't get there until my 30s. And I, I was not there at 22. I, I can tell you that much. I still, I don't even think I really knew who I was when I was 22 let alone, you know, whether or not I loved myself, I was kind of a stranger to myself. Like I could tell you 
what I looked like, my name, my social security number. I mean, that was about it. Like I just didn't, that's what I realized in my thirties and in my twenties, I was a stranger to myself. So the fact that you are where you are at 22 is, is phenomenal. Like truly. And it's like an amazing thing that you found yourself. Cause I feel like some people go their whole life and still don't know who they are. Like they will be on their deathbed and never have known who they were. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm like, I just want everyone to sit down and like, think who, who am I, you know, like, it's not what your parents want you to be. It's not who your neighbor wants you to be. It's not who your significant other wants you to be. It's who you want to be. So. Right. Right. 100%. And by the way, I have to tell you the funniest thing before I let you go. <laughs> so I, when I was younger, I had a nose ring, right? And I took it out a long time ago because I just, I don't know, I had it for a long time. Then I got sick of it. I took it out. It closed up. So when I started talking to you, I like, okay, I've been wearing like a clip on one to kind of see if I want one again. So I had it on before I'm talking to you. As I'm talking to you, it falls out. And I'm thinking to myself, do I like bend down and pick it up or do I just keep on going? No way. That's hilarious. So for anyone who's watching this, like for the first 10 minutes, I, ha- I had a nose ring in my nose and now I don't. You're not, you weren't seeing things. I'm going to have to go back and watch for <laughs> You have to go back and look because I have like this like like heart diamond nose ring and I'm talking to you and then like all of a sudden I feel it drop and I'm like, hilarious. Now people are going to want to go back and watch. Yeah. Okay. You are so awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. And of course. All right. I will speak to you soon. Bye. Have a good one. Thank you. Okay. Bye. So what did you guys think? I mean, at 22 years old, did you have such a strong sense of self? I mean, I have to say, whatever you think about Michaela's videos, I will tell you this. At the age of 22, if you had asked me who I was, why I was here on this earth, what I was planning to contribute, you would have heard crickets, okay? (laughs) That's all I'm gonna say. It took me a long time to get here. I'm 47 years old, and I'll tell you something, like, she really has it together. She really is all about body confidence, self-love, and she's just this, she is a genuinely free spirit. And that's what I absolutely love about Michaela. So of course, go to TikTok. If you already don't follow her on TikTok, go to TikTok and follow her at Michaela Dancer, as well as Instagram and YouTube. I think it's Michaela Dancer all across the board. And look out for her new single concentration, which is dropping April 13th. Anyway, I will catch you guys on the next one. Peace. Peace.